0: Good afternoon church family. Um, it's great that we have the opportunity to once again join together for our midweek devotional. It is Wednesday, April the 28th of 2021, our last Wednesday in the month of April that's uh, able to be embraced and believed but that there were many that many months and weeks into 2021 already. Well before we do begin our section here, uh, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. And, Father, once again, we do thank you for who you are. We thank you for your truth, which is eternal. And as we delve deeply into your word today uh, to understand that we can cry out to you because you are uh, the God uh, who cares. And, Lord, we, we do ask that you would teach us today uh, that as we uh, look into your word, it, we would see the application uh, as we live each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've entitled this section Crying Out to the God of the Bible. Uh, and we are underneath of the heading there on verses 145 to 152 of Kof. Uh, and we only have three more sections left after this, and we'll be finishing up Psalm 119. Uh, but let's go ahead and read our, our whole context here today uh, as we take a look at verses 145 to 152. It says, With my whole heart I cry to you, Answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before the dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law, but you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known what from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Well, today we're only going to be looking at the first three verses of this section of Psalm 119. And I would like to begin uh, by making a statement that may be something that you have grappled with uh, in your walk uh, as you have found yourself dealing with different circumstances in life. Uh, because sometimes we can feel as if God does not hear us. Uh, he does not hear our cries for help. Uh, and this is something that we can see uh, you know, contemplated and uh, brought forth in other sections of the book of Psalm. Uh, chapter 10, verse 1 says, Why, O Lord, do you stand afar off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 13, uh, verses 1 to 6 says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? It says, Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So this cry out for help, this uh, statement of, Lord, how long uh, will you hide your face from me? You know, how long will I find myself in Uh, a situation where it appears as though my enemies are exalted over me, Uh, we we need to make sure that we look at the word of God and see who God is in relation to this. Because even though we may cry out to God and it may seem as though God is hiding himself from us, um, the scriptures speak and paint a much different picture Uh, But there's a balance here. Uh, And as we find out here in in verses 145 to 147, uh, as the psalmist is crying out, there's some things I want you to notice. The first is, is that notice that the psalmist, that even though he is crying out to God, he is crying out to God not just to uh, inform God. He's not just crying out to, uh, you know, say, woe is me. Uh, he is actually crying out there in verse 145 for God to answer, to do the very thing that he knows God will do, and that is answer him in some way, shape, or form. He is also calling out to God to save him in verse 146, because the psalmist knows that God has it within his ability, because he is almighty God, to save the Um, psalmist out of his set of circumstances, to save him out of what he finds himself experiencing. But he's also crying out to God in verse 147 to help him. So to not take him out of the set of circumstances, but for God to take him through it, to give him the perspective, for him to be able to see it as God sees it. And the thing is, is we notice in these three verses a a very uh, beautiful picture of his sincerity. As he petitions God. Because you'll notice in verse 145 it says that he petitions God with his whole heart. So this is not just a half-hearted cry. This is not a, a cry of uh, desperation as if there is going to be no answer. Uh, or that God is incapable of saving him or in, uh, able to help him in his time of need. He pours out his whole heart to God. Because the psalmist trusts God. But he also, in sincerity, rises before the dawn. So he, he wakes up early and he petitions God uh, with uh, the, the knowledge that uh, even early on in the day, before he finds himself facing all of the challenges of that particular day, that he can reach out to God, uh, that he knows God will uh, answer uh, and do so uh, even before the dawn. But something that I want you to notice as he's crying out for God to answer, to save, and to help, as he's in sincerity crying out with his whole heart, and he's doing so very early in the morning, I want you to notice the actions that are included as he cries out. Because if you notice in verse 145, as he cries out, uh, he keeps God's statutes. In verse 146, he observes God's testimonies. And in verse 147, he hopes in God's words. So there is action included in this petition, in this crying out. He is not just, you know, staying stationary. He is not just stagnant. He is actually putting uh, out with that faith that he is exercising in God, knowing that God will answer, will save, and will help. That he is also in faith watching and, and, and actually acting So his faith is working. Uh, His faith is keeping, it's observing, and it's hoping. See, as we pray to God, as we take the God of his word, at his word, we need to make sure that when we pray, that God's word actually informs our prayers. That even though we may find ourselves feeling as if God does not hear us, that we need to understand that God always hears his children. You know, God does not turn a deaf ear. He is not like the false idols that, you know, Elijah was calling out uh, with the children of Israel in relation to Baal. God is not sleeping. God is not uh, relieving himself, uh, finding himself in some siesta somewhere and unable to hear uh, God's children because he is busy doing something else. Something else that we need to, you know, understand biblically is that God will forever respond in a way that is consistent to his character. So we know, and as the psalmist is even putting forth, is that he cries out for God to answer, to save, and to help. There is a a level of trust. There is a level of faith being exercised. Uh, And this is with the knowledge that it will always be for his good that God will respond and that it will be good, because he knows the God who is giving, that he is a God who is good and does that which is good. That God will, in consistency with his character, give grace where it is needed. You know, God will not give the wrong kind of thing. He will not give uh, something contrary to his nature, but he will also not give us something that we do not need at that moment as if he is trying to find a solution because he doesn't know how to respond. God will give exactly what is needed at that moment. And that God will also, in in, uh, consistency with his character, increase our faith so that we can even bear up under what we may uh, look at and say there's no way. See, God knows our situation. He is not going to act in a way inconsistent with his character, so we know that he will always do that which is good, that he will always give grace where it is needed, but he will also increase faith where it is is needed as well. See, we need to look at this section through the lens of God's omniscience. See, God has all knowledge, and there is nothing that God does not know. So whatever your situation, and as you cry out to God, whether God answers you in a particular way, whether he chooses to save you from what you are experiencing, or if he chooses to help you through what you're going through, we need to know that God is actually operating as the one who is sovereign over all of his creation, and so therefore has to be all-knowing. God is not just guessing. God is not just putting a band-aid on. God will go to the very source of what we need when we need it. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, it says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth, and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything Psalm 147 verse 5 puts it this way He says, Great is our God and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. In um, Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 through 31, uh, we can see God even caring uh, for us in a very special and particular way because he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fail to, uh, or fall to the ground apart. From your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. And finally, in uh, Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, it says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. And that includes his purpose in our lives, his purpose to answer us in a particular way because we are special in his eyes, even much more special than the sparrows whom he takes care of and, and provides for each and every day. That he is going to accomplish Uh, what is necessary to save us out of a set of circumstances if that is what is for our good or to help us through them uh, when that is for our betterment. See, what we need to understand and what what the, the psalmist understood as he cried out to God, the God of the Bible, the God of his word, is that there is nothing too hard for the God who is omniscient, knowing all things, who is omnipotent, having all power and sovereign God of all, the one who answers to no one and who is over all. And see, as we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, is that Jesus, as our great high priest, the one who has passed through the heavens to walk amongst us here on earth, uh, says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus even saw to points that when we give in to sin, he's gone beyond that. He's gone beyond that to the point of perfectly handling every temptation. Uh, But yet he, too, understands in every respect what it means to be tempted. Verse 16 goes on to say, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. So in other words, come to God, cry out to him, but don't forget who he is. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I like what Spurgeon said. He says, he who is diligent in prayer will never be destitute of hope observe that as the early bird gets the worm so the early prayer is soon refreshed with hope and so as the psalmist cries out with his whole heart and rises before the dawn as that example here of Spurgeon saying the early bird so that early prayer that goes up you know saying God I can't handle this on my own God I need you God I I need your perspective. I need to see this as you see it. And know this too, that God will not say yes or no or wait against what is for our good. So God's not going to tell you yes when the answer should be no. He is not going to say wait when the answer should be yes. Yes. You know, you get the point that whatever is for our good, God is going to answer accordingly because he is the God who is omniscient, omnipotent, and sovereign over all. And let me close with the lyrics to the song, Good to Me, or it's, you know, called the, the I Cry Out, because I think it speaks to this section very aptly. It says, I cry out for your hand of mercy to heal me. I am weak. I need your love to free me. Oh, Lord, my rock, my strength in weakness. Come rescue me, oh, Lord. You are my hope. Your promise never fails me. And my desire is to follow you forever. For you are good. For you are good. For you are good to me. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you that you are good and that you are good to each and every one of your children and in particular uh, and specifically to their set of circumstances that jesus as our great high priest is able to uh, sympathize with our weakness in every aspect Uh, and even to points that we uh, often never even get to because he did so not giving into the temptation ever so he was able to bear up under it all that temptation to a point greater and grander than we when we give in. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you would help us to see that uh, you are there for us, that you are our hope, and that your promises never fail us. And so like the psalmist, with that sincerity of his whole heart uh, and rising up early in the morning to come to you to cry out, for an answer for you to save him for you to help him uh, that he also added to that faith in you action that he kept your your word that he observed your word and that he hoped in your word so in other words he trusted you uh, through his actions as he cried out to you lord give us the ability to do that today in jesus name amen Well, God bless you, church family, and Lord willing, we'll see you this coming Sunday.